Two teams have made offers to the Colts for running back Jonathan Taylor. If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. Adam Schefter referenced. They've given him until Tuesday. A damn good player that's going to take another team and put him over the top. Where obviously the reports with JT, uh, but my focus right now is on this football team and these guys ready to play. There's this breathless anticipation about where Jonathan Taylor's going. To me, we need a uh, Jonathan Taylor clock here in NFL Live. Breaking news here on NFL Live as we go right to Adam Schefter. What's the latest, Adam? All right, Laura, Jonathan Taylor was not traded by the 4 o'clock Eastern deadline today. And not only was he not traded, but the Colts have left him on the physically unable to perform list, which means that Jonathan Taylor is now out for the first four games of the season. And this drama will continue to unfold later this season after he is eligible to come off the pup list. But no trade materialized today, despite the fact that the Colts did speak with the Miami Dolphins and other teams. And now Jonathan Taylor, who wants to be out of Indianapolis, will not play the first four games of the season. The next window to trade him will be for before the NFL's cut down day or the trade deadline on Halloween, October hmm. 31st. That's the next window to trade him. If the Colts can't get a trade worked out by then, the next window would be in the offseason when they would just put the franchise tag on him and hope to trade him then. In the interim, I think Indianapolis would like to try to win back his respect, support, and love and keep him in Indianapolis. But that's something that Jonathan Taylor has been adamantly opposed to throughout the summer. And so there are some fences to men, if that's even possible, while he's out for at least the first four games of the season with no trade materializing today. Yeah, Adam, it feels like mending that relationship is going to be difficult. We welcome you into NFL Live now. Of course, Adam with us all show long. Happy to be back with everybody. We got Dan Orlovsky Welcome here. back. Oh, well, I love it. Listen, what a way to come back in. Some breaking news, of <laughs> course. Marcus Spears and Mina Kimes. And let's dive right into this, Dan. I mean, do you think, as Adam's talking about, potentially the mending of a relationship with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts with everything that's happened, any way we see him back on the field with them? I don't think we see him on the field till something gets resolved, either financially you know, the adjustments that were made to Josh Jacobs and to Saquon Barkley's contract or that there's some type of agreement post this season that maybe they won't franchise tag him or maybe they are somehow able to <laughs> work out a deal that I guess falls under market value. Initially, I was going to say, I don't think he's ever going to play for the Colts again. But hearing the ending of it, Shefty kind of intimating that, you know, that the Colts would like to try to repair the, the relationship gives me some hope that something could get done. I'm just surprised that we sit here and he's not on a different football team because if you were the teams in conversation Miami, my question becomes, why, why? would you not right. just make sure you got him on the team? I, look, the dynamic is Jonathan Taylor doesn't want to be a Colt anymore, and that's obvious. But the more important thing is now that they didn't get this trade done, if that next window passes, Jonathan Taylor is already in I'm playing for myself mode. Now, that's beneficial to the Colts because if he plays well, his value increases, and they will benefit from him playing well. But I don't think this is a win-win situation. Like, I get it. Uh, deal. It's wishful thinking that they could salvage a relationship. This is a strictly business relationship from this point going forward, in my opinion. Even if uh, the money comes from somewhere, Jonathan Taylor has made it really clear 
by his actions of requesting a trade, but also that Jim Ursay statement that he made about Jonathan Taylor, I think is going to stick in this young man's mind, especially at the height of what he meant to this football team. It'll be a continuous issue. I think Jonathan Taylor will play elsewhere at some point in his career in the near future. Yeah. This year, uh, I think, to Marcus's point, if he is not traded, it's in the interest of both sides to make it work. The Colts, because they don't want drama. The most important thing for this team this season is making Anthony Richardson more comfortable. Frankly, it's why I thought they should have given Jonathan Taylor a contract, because they have the sixth most cap yes. space in the NFL this year, the fifth most cap space next year, over $60 million. They are the type of team that can afford to make these sorts of decisions because there aren't a lot of mouths to feed on that roster right now, and their goals are different from other teams in terms of uh, orienting this thing around Anthony Richardson. But from Taylor's perspective, he's going to have to play, guys. Like, you know, at some point he has to accrue enough games for this season to count so that he can be a free agent next year. I think he would like to be traded, and perhaps the Colts are still going to explore that, as Adam alluded to. But it is quite possible we see Jonathan Taylor on this team at some point if that doesn't happen. And I think... Uh, both sides need to find a way to make that work if it does. Yeah, it's an interesting point, Mina, the clarification that he needs to actually be on the field. He can't just sit there and say, I don't want to play and yeah. I, I want to just be up at arms against this team. You know, Dan, one of the things that uh, it has interested me, and you said this because you were surprised that a trade didn't happen, Miami was the other team that we had talked a lot about potentially getting him. We don't know the particulars, right? We don't know where the money was, but do you think they regret not adding Jonathan Taylor to their roster at this point? Obviously, they regret not being able to make the deal done. I don't know what was being offered and how much was being asked or the contract extension that was going to be necessary. They at least wanted to explore getting him on their football team. So I don't know if like necessarily the word is regret because what was it going to cost them? I don't see like Marcus just made this point, Laura. One, he's got to play to increase his value. We, we know that that's not going to happen because mm -hmm. that doesn't happen in the NFL right now for running backs. And he hasn't practiced in weeks. He's going to go an extended period of time now without playing this season. I don't see him outperforming his past. So I don't think the only way it gets salvaged in Indy is finances. That's the only way I see it happening. Mm. Well, a couple of things to keep in mind here. Number one, I don't believe that the Miami Dolphins and Indianapolis Colts ever came close to consummating a deal. And there was interest from some other teams, but I don't believe a deal with anybody else ever got particularly close. And now the fact that he's on the physically unable to perform list, if Jonathan Taylor had been traded to another team, I think he would have been ready to start the season. But he's going to remain on the pup because basically he's made it clear he doesn't want to be there and he can say that his ankle is bothering him. He's not physically right. And you're going to continue to hear mm. messages like that until he's out of there. Now, the one thing that might give you some hope is we've seen players and organizations at odds before. We saw Lamar Jackson ask for a trade out of Baltimore, and then right when the draft was starting, the two sides came together, money cured all ills, they solved their differences, and they live happily ever after. I think the Colts would like to take this time, now that Jonathan Taylor isn't playing, to see if that relationship can be mended. I think Jonathan Taylor would say today, no, it cannot be. I don't mm -hmm. want to play there anymore. I've made that very clear, but 
there's still time here for this situation to settle itself out. Yeah, Mina, I was watching your face as Adam was talking about just the whole pup situation here for Jonathan Taylor. And, and if he were to play for another team right now, he might be ready to go. But of course, in this case, we won't see him play, yeah. at least for these first four games. Do you see a situation, though, where the Colts seem to have an appetite to pay him? Because I think that's where this all comes to a head. Something money-wise has to change. Right, so are they going to do that? Well, Dan, it, it really doesn't because he is going to play. No. He has to play. They know that. We're really talking about the difference between, you know, is he going to miss a few no, extra games beyond being on the pup list or not? You don't, you don't think he has to play? Oh, sorry. I thought, I said, I, sorry, I thought I I didn't hear you say that. I don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, you think he might sit out the entire season? Wow. Well, I think he's going to keep sitting out until they find some sort of resolution, whether that is a new contract or whether that is a trade partner. I don't think okay. with yeah, the way yeah, things sorry. currently That's are right. that we're just going to concede, continue to see the situation just status quo, and either he comes back to play or he either he's going to get sure. paid, they're going to figure it out contractually, and they're going to mend those fences, or they're going to have to trade him, mm. one or the other. Yeah. I don't think we'll sorry. see him play mm -mm. until we get some sort of solution. Yeah, my, my point was more that he wasn't going to hold out the entire That's all I meant. But you're right. I mean, I, I, it does seem like um, something is going to happen. Something does have to give. I guess I meant that I don't see the Colts being particularly incentivized to give him more money because of the dynamics of the situation. Yeah. Me neither. And it's along the lines. Listen, the reason why we, we've all seen the business happen before with running backs and we've watched it all all summer. But we go you go back to Le'Veon Bell sitting out in Pittsburgh. You go back to all of these things. The, yeah, the potential of all of that is to happen. The one caveat that's been thrown and the elephant in the room is the statement that the owner made. That is what made this even more difficult of a situation. The business side, we understand it. We see it happen in the all running backs in the league per se. But the fact that Jim Ursay said what he said and Jonathan Taylor was seeking the new contract beyond the deal getting done because of finances and what you want to invest into a running back, there also was a personal side that was attacked with this young man about we'll go on without him. That is a part of it. And if it wasn't, I don't think Jonathan Taylor would make all this noise about asking for a trade. Coincidentally, it happened after Ursay made that statement. Yeah, you heard that statement off the top of our show where Ursay essentially said everything would be fine if we didn't have Jonathan Taylor and all would be well. We're going to continue on on this topic throughout the show. We got more to get to. So let's go to some more headlines around the NFL. Adam, let's start with you and some top stories. What do we need to know starting with Dalvin Cook in New York? Well, Laura, the Jets are getting back reinforcements. Dalvin Cook is practicing today for the very first time. Obviously, was home tending to the birth of his first child, Dalvin Jr. He's now back on the field practicing today with the Jets. So is Dwayne Brown, the left tackle. And so the Jets are getting key parts back, like Brees Hall as well. They're gearing up for that Monday night opener against the Buffalo Bills. The Baltimore Ravens a short time ago decided to release the veteran running back Melvin Gordon, who they signed earlier this summer. Many people thought there'd be a spot for Gordon to perform in Baltimore. At one point, it seemed like the Ravens were counting on him. He is practice squad eligible, but we'll see if Melvin Gordon can find a home with another team. He was one of a number of running backs to be released today. And the big news earlier today was that the Buffalo Bills are leaving Von Miller, their pass rusher, on the physically unable to 
perform list, much like the Colts with Jonathan Taylor. Von Miller cannot play in the Monday night opener against the Jets. He cannot play in the first four games this season. The Bills are taking a long-term view knowing that they'll get Miller back at some point as early as week five, but they don't want to rush him before he's ready. He is ineligible to play the first four weeks of the season. Von Miller stays on pup. Jonathan Taylor stays on pup, and the New York Jets are getting healthy. Yeah, Adam, you'd like to have Von Miller to start the season, but you definitely want to have him at the end. The Bills are going to need a pass rusher to step up in the absence of Miller, which did not happen last season when Miller went down, okay? He ranked seventh in the NFL in pass rush win rate last season, but the Bills didn't have another player ranked in the top 50 in that category. So, Marcus, you think this is a huge deal, Miller missing these first four games? Yes, yeah, a big deal because the first four games, one, you open up, as you and Shefty alluded to, Boogie, with the Jets, your in-division rival. Like, this is going to be a very close call at the end of the season, we think, between Miami, Buffalo, and the Jets with Aaron Rodgers coming over. But more importantly, we've talked about the Jets' offensive line and what they would be. You would damn sure want Von Miller to try to expose that the first week of the season and get ahead in your own division against the Jets. So having them for the first four weeks, not, not having them for the first four weeks, but especially in this matchup that you open the season yeah. with, um, it, it, it's devastating for this football team when it comes to what you potentially could have done against this offensive line. Yeah, this would have been the biggest edge that Buffalo has in that game would be Von Miller in that mm -hmm. pass rush against the Jets' offensive line. And now that edge is a question mark. It's a question whether it is an edge. Uh, I think this is, um, you know, it, it's obviously not super long-term. It's important to know, but it does present a unique problem for Buffalo if he misses any more time because of how this defense is built. They have a very specific identity. They do not blitz very much, bonks the lowest rates in the NFL. They want to come out and nickel, sit back in zone, and get pressure with four. The problem is, without Von Miller, that four-man rush took a huge dip in its effectiveness, going from being a top 10 unit in the NFL in both pressure and sack percentage to ranking closer to the bottom after he was injured. I think Gregory Rousseau was a good young player. They brought in Leonard Floyd. Neither of those guys are Von Miller. You saw that at the end of last season. So for him to miss any length of, of time affects this defense a great deal. Yeah, good points. One, still a very good defense. So that still matters. Two, Jets week one, Dolphins in week four. They have to find a way without Vaughn to split those two games divisionally. If they do, I don't see it as a huge deal. If they don't, they're playing catch up when he gets back. Mm. Hey, guys, uh, how about this? It made me smile really big about the Bills today. Did you see this? They tweeted out. No, you did not make me smile big. You still have time to do that, though. All right, how about this on DeMar <laughs> Hamlin? Elena Getzenberg says she can confirm that Bill's safety DeMar Hamlin has officially made the 53-man roster. He's been a lock to do so for multiple weeks based Let's on the go. play in camp. Okay, that's important, playing really nice. well. Uh, but no surprise here. Congratulations to DeMar. I absolutely love it. Hey, that was a lot of fun, guys. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. we got a whole lot more coming your way. The reason Mina says Bryce Young's last year at Alabama is going to do him more favors than the Panthers and people realize. She's going to explain that. Coming up, Marcus weighs in on the Cowboys trading for Trey Lance and what it means for Dak Prescott. He's not too happy with Jerry Jones, y'all. You don't want to miss that. We'll be right back. NFL Live on the other side of this break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Breaking news back here on NFL Live. Adam Schefter tweeting this right as our hour began. He said no deal for Jonathan Taylor will not be traded. The Indianapolis Colts keeping him on the pup list. And from there, we have a lot of questions we're going to continue to ask throughout this show as Adam is with us. But we're going to read and react a little bit to some of the headlines around the NFL. We'll start in Dallas where Jerry Jones talked about who all was involved in the decision to trade for Trey Lance. Listen to this. Did you guys give Dak a heads up that this was coming? Did anybody in your organization give Dak a heads up that this was coming down? No. Uh, we, um, uh, uh, we didn't tell anybody until we did it. Period. There was nobody that knew it. I, we told Mike after we'd done it. But my, my point is, we just want to get it done. Mark, is you good with this? Oh, just a typical Dallas Cowboy Monday on NFL <laughs> Live with uh, Tuesday, I mean, it's with Jerry Tuesday. Jones. No, I'm not good with this. Like, I'm not good with this. Get, tell the man. I don't even care if you consult him about the decision because it's your decision to make as the owner and the general manager. But at least tell him he got to work with Trey Lance every day. He has to coach Trey Lance. He's actually going to spend more time with Trey Lance than you, Jerry Jones. And of everything that needed to happen for Dallas before this season, the distraction, this was not it. Mm. Get the man in the building, but also let the people know he's going to be in the building. Yeah, Ridiculous. I, I hope it works out for Trey. All right, of course, the other side of that land deal means more changes in the 49ers quarterback room. And former San Francisco quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo was asked about the trade. He told Sports Illustrated, quote, weird situation. Been a lot of weird situations over there in San Francisco. I'll just leave it at that. But I'm happy for Trey. Got another shot. I'm happy he's getting to Dallas. Gets another opportunity and hopefully things work out there. Mina, this caught our interest. What do you think here? <laughs> well, it caught my interest in part because Jimmy Garoppolo, not the most outspoken guy. Mm. So for him to hint at or gesture towards some of the discomfort in San Francisco and maybe some dissatisfaction with how they manage the QB situation, I do think is telling. And I think it highlights how challenging it is on the human side of things in the locker room to navigate situations that from the outside may seem simpler. It's easy for us to say, you bench Jimmy, you start Trey, then you move back. But behind closed doors, not so easy. And it's reasonable to think it might have shown a little bit of dissent which could also explain why Trey Lance, of course, is no longer a San Francisco 49er. Yeah, Jimmy, tell us more. Okay, to New England, uh, where Bill <laughs> Belichick was asked about the lack of offseason moves on the offensive line. Take a listen to his response. Well, we drafted three players on the offensive line. I'm not really sure what you're referring to. I we, met- signed, we signed Riley Reef. We drafted three players on the offensive line. Um, 
Andrews, Trent Brown, on Wayne and Strange were all are all returning. Uh, they're returning stars for us. So, uh, and we drafted three players and signed one. So, I mean, I'm not really I'm not really following you. <laughs> uh, Dan, you like the O line? Not their performance in the preseason. That's probably the biggest thing for Bill Belichick when it comes to Mac Jones is making sure that he's protected this year. This is an RPO. This is Riley Reef, one of the names that was mentioned. There's no way that Mac Jones should be getting hit on an RPO. This is a one-on-one absolute whiff versus Green Bay in preseason week two. Mac Jones gets hit. And you go a little bit later in this in that game. Right tackle, City Sal, one of their draft picks that Bill Belichick referenced. This is another just one-on-one beatdown. This is third down, and Mac Jones has no shot. So, you know, New England doesn't have a ton of skill players on the outside, but if you're going to give Mac Jones on third and eight, 2.7 seconds in the preseason to get rid of the football, I think your pass game is going to severely struggle. So, I trust Bill Belichick unequivocally. They have to make sure that at least they protect the quarterback. It's going to take time for guys on the perimeter to get open. You know, Belichick's a Swifty. He'll quote some Taylor Swift on you and say you need to calm down. Um, okay. Another, You've been holding on to that for four months. I know, I really have. Another reminder here, the breaking news from Adam Schefter earlier this hour, no deal for Jonathan Taylor. We're going to talk about this on the other side of this break. What does it mean for the Colts? What does it mean for other teams that missed out? And could he still be traded? We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Monday Night Football kicks off with a week one matchup presented by YouTube TV. Josh Allen and the Bills squaring off against Aaron Rodgers and the Jets on September 11th. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Lisa Salters are back. It's 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Peyton and Eli also back for their third season on ESPN2. Coverage begins with Monday Night Countdown at 6 Eastern. We got breaking news here on NFL Live today. Let's go right back to Adam Schefter with the latest on Jonathan Taylor. All right, Laura, the Indianapolis Colts have left Jonathan Taylor on the physically unable to perform list rather than trade him. And that means this. That means that Jonathan Taylor is ineligible to play in the first four games this season, and the drama in Indianapolis goes on. Now, the Colts would hope that somehow they can find a way to bridge their differences. But Jonathan Taylor has made it very clear that he doesn't want to play in Indianapolis anymore. He has sought a trade that the Colts were unable to get done today. The Colts never were offered exactly what they wanted. They didn't believe there was fair value out there. And obviously, Jonathan Taylor, as long as he, as in Indianapolis, is going to claim 
that his ankle is bothering him, that he's not right, that he's not ready to play physically, and so he will miss at least the first four games of the season. The next window to potentially trade him if they can't somehow bridge their differences would be before the NFL's October 31st Halloween trade deadline. And if they can't get something done there, then maybe they franchise him after the year and try to trade him then. But something's going to have to give here in Indianapolis with a disgruntled running back and a team that would like to try to find a way to keep him but hasn't been able to do it so far and couldn't consummate a trade by today's self-imposed deadline. Adam, I want to follow up on one thing. We, we wouldn't see Jonathan Taylor just traded like tomorrow, right? Even if he's on, if he's still on PUP, could he? Well, he could, st he could still be traded tomorrow, Laura, but here's the deal. It would be difficult and challenging for another team to trade for a player that obviously cannot play in the first four games mm -hmm. of the season. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to imagine that a trade is going to happen here until he's off the pup list and could show that maybe he's healthy or a team has a need at the running back position, right? Right now, we know Miami and others were inquiring about Jonathan Taylor, but we may see a contending team lose a running back early yep. in the season, and the first target that people are going to think of now is Jonathan Taylor because the Colts obviously have been willing to listen but they have not been offered what they believe to be fair value. And so they've held on to Jonathan Taylor with this trade window closing and another trade window opening, I would think, in October before the October 31st trade deadline. Shefty, real quick, if week one happens and one of those teams loses a back and they call the Colts and Jonathan Taylor's on PUP, can that team trade and then immediately take him off PUP or he's on PUP for four weeks no matter what team and organization he's a part of? Jonathan Taylor is out for the first four games of the season. There could be another team that trades for him after one week, Dan, but they would have to wait three weeks okay. for his services. They would be ramping him back up, getting him acclimated to the offense and whatnot. But Jonathan Taylor will not play a game until October. Yeah, I don't know, Dan, though. The, if the, then. The, if then. Right. If then. So the thing that makes me really think here, though, is if a contending team does have, unfortunately, a player go down, you know, maybe they even say, uh, let's just get him in the building. Yeah, and they would do he, it. Right. Long season. Yeah. You know, if you're one of those elite teams and your, you know, Super Bowl contending team and your starting tailback goes down in those first couple weeks, Jonathan Taylor is by far the best option that we know of right now, mm -hmm. given kind of what's happening with the cuts today. Um, I, I think it's interesting that teams had conversations to trade for him. Indy said whatever was being offered isn't enough. But then Indy right now still sits there and says that they don't want to pay him to a certain value that he's been asking. How many games we got to figure out how many games Jonathan Taylor has to play this year or be a answer? part of an active roster Adam, to Adam become has, a free agent. Okay, Adam has that answer. Let's get it. Okay, it depends, but as it was told to me, he's in the last year of his contract now. However, if he's deemed not to be able to play as of the sixth regular season game and he's not activated by then, then his contract will toll. So at some point, my guess would be, that in week five or six, Jonathan Taylor is going to say, I'm okay to play. Mm. And then maybe, mysteriously, his hamstring will act up, his shoulder will be sore. He's not going to get, the Colts are not going to get the Jonathan Taylor they want as long as he's in Indianapolis. But, yes, he has to be activated Ooh. by the sixth game this year to have this season count and to not have the contract toll. And we're getting ahead of ourselves here, right? But we could begin to look down the road 
and see where this situation is going. And as we said earlier, it's not going to just be that Jonathan Taylor just shows up on the field. Either they're going to figure out a long-term contract extension that, by the way, Jonathan Taylor has not been open to doing so far in Indianapolis Ooh. because he doesn't want to be there. That's been in the mm. past. Or they're going to find mm. a trade partner. So the bottom line is it's a mess. It's a tricky, sticky, unwelcome situation <laughs> yeah. for everybody involved. Nobody wants this. But here's what we now have, and we'll see how it plays out here in the weeks to yeah. come. Mina, trying to sift through this is like trying to change a newborn <laughs> diaper. But uh, So as uh, we're thinking about what's instructive, though, is the fact that he, to he Adam's stinks. point there, to reach free agency, is going to have to play a little bit, right? So what's your no, reaction? Be active. be active. Be active, excuse me. That's a good clarification. Be active. Yeah, Go no. Ahead, as, as much as I am dreading learning how to change diapers, <laughs> I also am equally dreading or confused by this situation. Um, I think, Adam, you, you hit the nail on the head when you called it a mess because there are, it's so um, un nebulous, I guess. The injury aspect, as Adam laid out there, is what makes this hard to uh, project from the Colts' perspective in particular. Because I think if, if they knew that Jonathan Taylor was going to come back and play, that changes the equation for what a trade looks like, what their leverage over him looks like. But it sounds like his actual status remains up in the air, which makes this really hard to mm. parse out. I continue to go back to the fact that I, 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 I don't, do not believe Indianapolis should have gotten to this point with him. I really think they should have gotten some kind of deal done. Didn't have to be that big I, I, without knowing exactly what he was asking for. Uh, and now they're in the situation that is both very hard to understand and seems unlikely to end with a win for them. Yeah. What's amazing here is how rapidly this relationship has deteriorated. Hmm. It went from in the offseason – the Colts wanting to re-sign Jonathan Taylor and him wanting to stay to where somewhere along the way something changed. I don't know whether it was the fact that he was on that call with other running backs or Jim Ursay inciting him with the comments that he made publicly about Jonathan Taylor and the running back position, but somewhere this relationship this summer went south, and it seems like it's irreparably broken right now, leaving us with a mess like Jack's diaper, Laura. That's essentially what we're talking about at this point in time. And yes, Jonathan Taylor could be activated later this season. He would have to do so by the sixth game. But we've seen players before. I've seen it. Players on franchise tags, they report later, and all of a sudden, like I said, their hamstrings sore, mm. their shoulders sore. They're not going to get full effort from Jonathan Taylor and it's a situation that somehow is still going to have to be worked over. But the bottom line today, what we know is they didn't trade him. He's missing the first four games. There's no end in sight to the drama. And there's a lot left to figure out here for both sides about how they're going to proceed going forward. Yeah, I mean, look, I think you you alluded to it, Shefty. It, it, it just has become so personal. And so convoluted with, I think, between him and obviously Ursay and, and management and ownership. And when you get to that point, like Jonathan Taylor mindset is like, we're not getting the respect anyway. So why would I not go somewhere else and, and play for a team? At least I want to be there. 
Um, he doesn't want to be in Indy, and I don't think it, I think it's beyond compensation. Now it's different when we having a conversation about a player, and and like you brought up Lamar, and you up the money, and you start to right. understand the things that are transpiring. That's different. But when you get to this point with the running back, and Jonathan Taylor's not dumb; he's actually known as a very smart young man mm. who can see the landscape of a running back. He don't have nothing to lose outside of making sure he's eligible to either be traded. Or go to or or be activated um, in order to be a free agent. Outside of that, Jonathan Taylor, like they ain't paying us anyway. So why would I do? Why would I be in a situation where I need to go appease somebody? I thought he would have to increase his value by playing because he had to play, and just a byproduct of him playing well would overall turn his situation better for another team that was going to come along and trade for him. But in this particular situation, like Jonathan Taylor has no incentive to play for the Colts. But outside of him just having to be in the building and having to be in the building last time I checked, don't motivate you to play play mm -hmm. football at a very high level. To yeah. your point, Shefty. I mean, it just feels like it's going to be such an awkward saga to continue to watch. It's already been that way, but it carries on. And then you got to think you have a rookie quarterback in the room. We'll talk about that next. What does this mean for Anthony Richardson, who's thinking, hey, maybe I've got Jonathan Taylor on the field with me to help me offensively, but now I likely don't. We'll get into that and so much more as we carry on an NFL Live. We'll be right back on the other side. Back here on NFL Live with breaking news today from Adam Schefter. Right at 4 p.m., the Colts have decided not to trade Jonathan Taylor. Could not find a trade partner that they felt like was offering fair value for Taylor. So Taylor remains on the pup, physically unable to perform list for four games. That means he will miss the first four games of the season. And we still don't know what's going to happen with this. As we're trying to sift through the murkiness of the situation. Adam will be back in just a little bit. So let's get those to Bryce Young and talk a little bit more about some of the rookie quarterbacks around Bryce Young named QB one in Carolina the number one overall pick is going to be thrown into the fire that is the NFL right away and if you've watched the Panthers preseason uh, you would say there are reasons to be concerned the O-line the lack of receiver targets it's enough to make you cringe Young ended the preseason on a high note though okay completing 7 to 12 passes for 73 yards and a touchdown a key part of his success was improved play from the Panthers O-line Young pressured on 36% of his pass attempts during the first two weeks of the preseason but that dropped to 23% in that preseason finale. So maybe there's a chance. Maybe it's a little better than we thought. I don't know. It's preseason, Dan. You're trying to put too much stock into it. But what does the tape show on Bryce so far? Two things that he'll have to do this regular season that kind of showed in the preseason is one, throw two guys before they're actually open, mm. and then two, evasive yeah. maneuvers within the pocket. This touchdown pass to Thielen was so early before Thielen was actually open. It's beautiful. Like, watch when he releases this football. That ball's out now. Thielen still gets two or three yards to the top of that route, so he's throwing guys open. Then these two plays just stand out because it's going to have to be a part of the game. Watch 41 on the right side of the defensive end. You know, Bryce Young, how many guys in the NFL, he doesn't even get touched there. And, like, the movement, two hands on the football. You guys hear me say that about Joe Burrow all the time. How many guys in the NFL get away from that? Left defensive end again here for Bryce Young. Like, more often than not, these result in sacks when it comes to the NFL. That's one-on-one. -on -one. Again, he doesn't even get touched by the defensive lineman. So, I, and two hands on the football. I think 
the more that he's going to be able to live in that world successfully, ball out before guys are actually open, and then there's going to be either free rushers or yeah. some of that situational creativity. If he's able to evade people like that without getting hit and or touched, they, they've got a chance to have some success. You know, watching him this preseason, Dan, I am so glad he had that year at Alabama last season with mediocre pass yeah, protection, kind of like up and down play like from his receivers. <laughs> yeah. Because if he was transitioning from like what CJ Stroud had at mm. Ohio State, I would be concerned. The pass pro has been sus, particularly on the left side. Receivers aren't really getting much separation. So he's having to do what Dan said, which is show his evasiveness, both inside and outside the pocket, and throw into tight windows. And frankly, I think he's going to have to do that all year long. But this uh, Bryce Young is battle-tested. He did face adversity, particularly at the end of his college career, and I think it's going to serve him well during his rookie year based on what we've seen thus far. Yeah, family, let me take y'all back down a, a trip through memory lane, okay? Oh. Because I think, and, and I know this may feel big, but it Stop. reminds me of Joe Burrow when he showed up to Cincinnati. The unfortunate part was Joe Burrow was injured. Uh, because of a bad offensive line. Bryce is more athletic. Dan, you, you just showed the two plays with him evading the rush, but I think he was the clear-cut one coming out of college because of what we just saw and his poise and understanding that he will be in some tumultuous situations this year when it comes to being actually being on the field. And he's answered those questions to me in college, to your point, Mina, yeah. and also in this preseason. The Carolina Panthers are going to have the ability to build around a guy that could change the trajectory of their program. And that is why Bryce Young was taken number one overall. This year may not be great. Bryce Young may take a lot of hits. He may even get injured like we saw Joe Burrow get injured his first year in Cincinnati. But I firmly believe that he's going to change the culture in Carolina from what it been after Cam was out of that job. He is the right person for it, man. Yeah, by the way, Dan, sus means suspect. He didn't know what Mina that get, meant. Mina's yeah, having Mina a kid, it. and now she starts talking right. like oh, an 11-year-old. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, you were talking about Joe Burrow, Swagoo, and this is a perfect segue here. New on NFL Live, an update from Ben Baby on the health of Joe Burrow. Of course, he has that calf strain that he's dealing with. Zach Tiller said that Joe Burrow has a very healthy body, <laughs> and his absence at practice is not related to his contract situation. I don't know why that's funny, but <laughs> very healthy body. So good to know. I guess yeah. the calf is we part of the body. The Calf, Ben. Yeah, specifically the calf. Is the Is calf that... sus or what? Oh, I like what you did there. A sus, a sus calf. Okay, uh, coming up next on NFL Live, we'll talk a little bit more about the Jonathan Taylor drama. What does it mean for Anthony Richardson's development? We'll discuss that. The impact on a new signal caller as well in Indianapolis. Nothing sus to see here, okay? Sussy. We'll be right back. on the field. A season ready to erupt. And have a few This is what college football is supposed to be. We're back on NFL Live here with some breaking news. We go to Adam Schefter for the latest on Jonathan Taylor. Well, Laura, he officially has been placed on the physically unable to perform list. He will miss at least the first four games of the season, and the Colts currently have only three running backs on their roster, Evan Hull, Deion Jackson, and Zach Moss. They will have to carry the load until the Colts can figure out a solution, if they can figure out a solution, to this Jonathan Taylor saga. The Colts really never got overly close 
to making a trade today or this past week or any time since they gave him permission to seek a trade. And Jonathan Taylor, his stance has not changed. He does not want to be in Indianapolis. The Colts would hope to figure out a way to mend that relationship in much the way that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson mended their relationship after Lamar requested a trade from Baltimore in March. We'll see whether they can, but in the interim, he's out for a minimum of four games, and the next window to trade him would be at the NFL's October 31st Halloween trade deadline. If they could get something done then, maybe he would be dealt at that point in time. But as it is, he's out for the first four games of the season. Yeah, Adam, it feels like trade is the only option here, but Dan just said in the commercial break, maybe the Colts would want to try to do a long-term deal with him. It would just be a matter of if he would actually stay, and I think that's what's going to be fascinating to watch here over these next few weeks. But one of the things that I think is getting a little bit lost is how good Jonathan Taylor is, okay? He had an historic start to his career. His six games with at least 150 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown are tied for the fifth most by any player in their first three seasons in NFL history. The other five players on the list, you see them there, they all went on to reach the Hall of Fame. So we're talking Hall of Fame level talent, obviously, would have to do it for more of an extended period of time. But Mina, if Taylor's not out there, is this system built yeah. for any running back, let's say, Adam just listed the three they have, to come in and have success? You know, I don't want to diminish how much better it would be with Jonathan Taylor. He is a plus player. But I will say, I think with Anthony Richardson as a quarterback and Shane Steichen as the head coach, this is an offense that is going to be very friendly to whoever is carrying the football. We saw that during the preseason um, when the offense looked like kind of what we expected when <laughs> we knew that they had Anthony Richardson and Steichen was the coach. Obviously built around RPOs, zone read. There was a play in the third game. It was against Philadelphia. It was on the third drive. They had run a number of successful RPOs. Evan Hull, who's their, I believe, second back, was on the field. They ran zone read, and the Eagles linebacker was just frozen. <laughs> Absolutely frozen right. by the threat of Anthony Richardson keeping the football. That's going to happen all season long. There will be numerical advantages for the back because of the RPO, because of Anthony Richardson using his legs. So while it would be better with Taylor, I still think it's going to be pretty effective. Yeah, MK, I think obviously that, that creates space in that scheme. But I just – and you're right. But I want to get to the point – like we've gotten so much conversation about these running backs' value when it comes to the business side of football and their contracts and not getting paid. And it's almost like it has kind of spilled over into us thinking that they're not important mm. to the success of what your team does. Jonathan Taylor was the most important piece to the Indianapolis Colts offense until they drafted Anthony Richardson, who they believe is going to be a star at the quarterback position. So I, don't, I just don't want to get, get this conversation um, twisted because running backs are being undervalued. Running backs are having tough times get, getting contracts. But now it's like a lot of people are starting to think, well, we could just get anybody and, and they'll be fine. They'll run the ball. They'll block. They'll do all that. They critical to how you scheme. I'm, I'm talking from a defensive perspective. They like their talent, their ability to do certain things forces you to play defense a certain way. That is still true. That grass still matters when it comes to the running back position. And it matters a whole hell of a lot when you have a good one to defensive guys, former defensive guys like myself and defensive guys in the league now.
Yeah, Dan, I mean, if you're a Colts fan right now and your stomach's hurting trying to think about what life would be like without Jonathan Taylor, yeah, field, what right? this offense is going to look like, we have seen it in the preseason. We've seen Anthony Richardson without him. What did the tape show you there? There's some good. There's some not so good for growth needed. And then there's some like, uh-oh, we ha could have issues. So the two good, one, I think they're going to use tempo. They're going to play with pace. This is called power pass. Pull the backside guard. There's a ball fake. Couple things. Read the backside backer if you're Anthony Richardson. You want him to kind of like step up at the run. Put your back foot in the ground and now hit the tight end on the cross that's replacing the linebacker. I got him open as a coach. You make the throw that's perfect to turn the eight yard gain into a 12 yard gain. That really doesn't depend on the back. The second thing, I think he's seeing the field relatively well. Bottom of the screen, he's reading a seam and then a stop route. That inside defender, if he hangs outside, Anthony's going to rip the seam. If he goes inside, it's one-on-one -on -one with the corner. Wide receiver's got to win. Now, Anthony goes to pull the trigger here. The corner is running the route for the wide receiver. I like that he tucks the football, and instead of dumping it down to the back, you become a weapon. You allow the back to become a little bit of a blocker and go get that third down gain. So that's the good. All right, some, some of the not-so-good. They don't have a ton of winners in man-to-man -man coverage. Everybody is locked up. And this offensive line isn't as good as it was a couple years ago. So that's going to be something that they got to try to live in a world where it's efficient third downs. Play action. This is where you want to see growth. There's a crosser and a deep post up top. The backside corner is the read. If he hangs at all, launch this ball to the front pylon and make sure that the receiver crosses that safety space for a touchdown. I think that, or at least I hope that that last clip, Anthony Richardson in four or five weeks launches that ball to the front pylon and it's a touchdown. So there's good, and then there's, we're going to have some issues, and there's going to be some downtimes, and then there's just examples of what we talked about. He needs the growth to get on the field, the reps, to see things in an NFL feel. Mm. Um, guys, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for helping me knock Welcome back. the rust off here. Welcome Breaking back, Boogie. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks to Adam for the breaking news. Right into the fire. Yeah, let's go. Um, I'm like Bryce Young trying to figure things out, except like a lot less talented than he is. Uh, but anyway, we will continue to do this every single day at 4 p.m. on ESPN. I think we're back on ESPN no. tomorrow, so bad. we'll see you guys there. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Good to have you back, Roddy. Thanks to Field Welcome Yates, back, okay, Laura. and everybody behind Welcome the scenes. Sorry you had to Those sit next to names. We'll see you tomorrow. Welcome back, sis. Ha, 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 ha.